everyone, and welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through, a Degrassi viewing podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your neophyte, Frank. And we're three years old! I'm just a baby. Ooh. Honestly, though, three, I feel like, is very impressive in podcast years. That, that's... <laughs> Especially this three years. Right. Not, not this three years, this last year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was like, it was like, uh, 2019 was a lot of, like, personal things going on. We're like, well, we'll see what 2020 brings to 2021. <laughs> hey! 2020 was like, I brought the plague. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've seen The Witcher, but there's a like I think well, it's a meme also now where somebody's just like I haven't seen you since the plague, and I literally have friends who are like I haven't seen you since the plague. Yep, <laughs> it's man, it's uh, but we're still here. I mean, we're still here. That's really cool. I I can't believe it. It legitimately snuck up on us this year. We were like, and I was like looking at the calendar. I'm like, wait, it's May. Oh my god. <laughs> I owe Frank some money yeah, to right. pay for the hosting. That's right. That is when it comes up, isn't it? But, uh, but we're not here to talk about finances. No, we're not. We're here to just talk about the podcast, talk about each other, and and other fun things like that. Um, God, wow. Yeah. Um, I love doing this podcast. Like, I mean, we do talk about this, like, every time we get to the end of a, a season, where we mm-hmm. just reflect on the podcast, so I don't want to get too far into it. I just love doing this podcast, I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yeah, no, me too, and I think that, um, it's, it's an interesting thing, it's still an interesting experiment to me, um, in the sense of, like, what it's like in the whole emotional experience of kind of, I don't want to say confronting, but confronting kind of feels like the best word I can think of at the moment, but, like, kind of confronting something that loomed so large in your childhood and, like, actually trying to pick it apart and unpack it a little bit, and, like, it's it's one of those things where I, I feel like a lot of the time when we talk about nostalgic media, people talk about blinders, and it's true, like, there's a lot of things we kind of put on blinders on when it comes to talking about media that we grew up with, and we can just acknowledge it, and it's like, yeah, I know that... I don't know, I was, like, watching Anastasia with people. It's like, yeah, I know that there's fucking issues with this movie, and I'm well aware that it's not historically accurate at all, but I like it, and I like the music. Um. So, last week, <laughs> um, I mean, this is going to come out all out of order. So, like, the episode <laughs> that we recorded last week is going to come out several weeks after this episode. I think probably, like, a month or two. But... <laughs> Joey and Donnie showed me a video. <laughs> it was well made. I will give it that. About D- Dimitri? Yeah. I never saw Anastasia. Really? <laughs> yes. Damn, you should have watched. We were doing a viewing party on Zoom last week. Damn I should have invited you. I'll watch it again with you. I have it on DVD. We can watch it tonight. <laughs> but where he falls in love with Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid. Yeah. And it was a well <laughs> Prince Eric had cancer, yeah. and they adopted um, Cinderella. Uh, they adopted <laughs> not. Uh, they adopted Nani from Lilo and Stitch. Okay. And, um, I think that she was. She grew into like Cinderella at some point. Well, not Nani. Uh, Lilo becomes Nani. Right. 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 This, uh, See, there's a lot of there's a lot of expert time shifting going on in here. And when I said this video is super well made, yeah, Nemo Stahl, she's amazing. Love but her. I'll, I'll put. I'm gonna put the link in the description. Oh, thank God. But they get to a point where Eric reveals he is bald 
from the th- from the treatments, and I lost my goddamn mind. <laughs> yeah, Bald Eric is like a Bald Eric has become a bit of an obsession in, in uh, our friend group, and it's been like this because like as. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about it when you get to the Joey and my my ramblings in that episode. But, like, we talk a little bit about, like, MEPs and, like, you know, Disney and non-Disney MEPs. And uh, they have become, like, an obsession amongst Joey and me. And, like, we will just make people sit down and watch, like, some of our favorites. One of which, including this one, which is called You Are My Spouse Now, uh, which is by the Nameless Doll. I strongly recommend checking it out um it is one of my favorite uh, i don't know there's a newer one that i made frank watch that might be my favorite right now but this is definitely a contention but yeah it's like because it's just like that head is not meant not to have hair on it it's so big like like i said very well done very well done editing check it out in the description they're they're in love yes they're absolutely in love but um but no like i like, I haven't experienced this yet. Like, Susie and I... Well, the, I've experienced it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I went back for Teen Girl Talk and just in general to watch the original live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Mm-hmm. As an adult, watching this in, like, 4K or, like, high dev, you can see the people inside the suits and it's always unsettling. I love it. But, like, we're gonna do Star Wars September this year. And I'm like, I'm gonna have to look at these movies under a critical eye for once um and like i'm just like but and like but i've been pre-thinking about it like even though it's like four months away of just like again i'm just like do they hold up gotta think about this but like so here's so like we're for this episode we're gonna do kind of a Q and A. so let me um throw this first question at you oh dear what did you find was the mo- thing that most didn't hold up going back to Degrassi? Uh, let me uh, pop the tab on my drink right here. Okay. <laughs> Juniper was very scared of that. Oh, of course. Producer Juniper is a very fearful lady. Professor Juniper is sitting on my reusable bag licking herself. Good for her. Um, Jesus, this is a really good question. I think that, um, I think something that hasn't quite held up um, has definitely been, can I say, like, the treatment of Manny? Okay, yeah, I've, of course. I feel like it's something that I didn't really pick up on when I was a kid, but now that I'm an adult and, um, I'm watching things with a more critical eye, especially in terms of, like, race, mm-hmm. I was like, holy fucking shit, they treat her like fucking garbage, and, like, it's unrelenting. They're just, like, constantly throwing shit on her and, like, constantly, like, never having her be able to have a good day. And she gets labeled as, like, the whore, the slut. And, like, for, for reasons that are entirely, like, un, unreasonable. And it's just, um, it feels like a lot of the time they're trying to make her into, like, a lesson of some kind. But in that insulting way versus, like, what a lot of the kids are able to have plots of. And I think that's, like, been the big thing that's been really hard for me to confront i think the other thing that really didn't hold up and i talked quite a bit about this when we were going through the arcs was that pregnancy plot Mm. i was stunned by how poorly it holds up solely and like solely because it's like we never really hear from liberty's side the entire pregnancy Mm. It's, and it's not even to say that JT's perspective isn't important, and it's not to say that JT trying to, like, you know, make ends meet is is not, like, a compelling and worthwhile plot, but the fact that, like, we never really get Liberty's interior 
ever, and especially when this is a plotline that really directly involves her, it was it was very confusing because that especially was the double whammy of this is something that I remember being very compelling when I was a kid, but also this is something that was held to a really high regard by critics. Um, and it does make me curious, like, what critics... I haven't really, like, searched very much, and, and a big rule that I've always had, and Frank, I know you've agreed with me, is, like, I don't really want to listen to other Degrassi podcasts. Um, hopefully someday when I'm done, maybe I'll back re back <laughs> listen to a couple other ones, because I know there are some ones that are uh, fairly, that are, like, uh, fairly prolific as well. Um, but I don't want to, but I would be curious to listen to some of those more contemporary ones um, mm -hmm. to hear kind of if people feel similarly in terms of how that happened. But I think those are the two really big things that I was like, ugh. But in terms of you being a contemporary viewer, uh, which ones do you feel like were, like what moments or things did you feel were like so extremely aged and not really, um, not really something that resonates in the time that you watched it? Um, honestly, for me, it's, um, hmm. Why didn't I, what I wasn't, I like thinking, like, oh, what if Donnie threw this back at me, what I would say? <laughs> honestly, for me, it's a lot of the language. You know, they drop the R slur just. Not a whole bunch, like the R slur, the P slur, um, and just in general, the treatment of women, um, on the, like, of any woman on this show, except for Emma, um, cause, like, you know, it's just, they're so often marginalized on this show, just even when they're, the plots are about them. Um, I, I like, I, I know, like, <laughs> while it's, while Degrassi does feel kind of like a more real show, um, in many ways, and, but now it's like st kind of starting to like take the right turn into shock value drama land. Um, the thing is like with the hyper reality shows like Riverdale and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, those shows give their women so much more agency. Like, in um, Riverdale, half the time Archie feels, like, the main character of the show feels like an afterthought to what Veronica and Betty are doing, and especially my absolute love on that show, Cheryl Blossom. Like, and, like, I'm, like, I always, and I'm like, on that show, I always feel exactly I know where the women are. On this show, I'm just like, be really cool if, like, there was any, like, any, like, female conversations about, like, people. You know, like, I want to see, like, we see somewhat of how the women react on this show, or women, girls, how, like, the female cat, like, characters react to, like, Peter. But, like, I would love for to just see, like, a few of them sitting down and just discussing what that he did to Manny. And just being, like... Because especially, like, after the Me Too movement, when we hear about Whisper Networks and, like, this whole undercurrent of, like, women saying, like, hey, watch out for that guy, he's a creep. Why didn't we have, like, I mean... Like, why didn't anybody say, like, well, this is what they would say to each other. Like, stay away from Peter. He's a monster. 
And also, like, we don't ever get a conversation between Emma and Manny where she's like, you are dating somebody who did this terrible thing to me. Like, and that, that show, like, for some reason, the show Degrassi does not want to use the word assault, because that's what it was. And, like, that, that conversation doesn't happen. It's just like, oh, I think Peter's cute. And you should just get over it, Manny. Like, how about you, we have, have them sit down and have a conversation. They don't need to speak like adults, but they should at least address it. <laughs> it's, it's a thing that I know that I've really, um... I feel like it's, like, almost, it's particularly difficult sometimes when you're somebody who has watched this show before because Degrassi has done Assault in a way that was compelling and informative and, and, uh, appropriate. Yeah. Like, a lot of the time when we talk about when the show has failed a topic, it's frustrating not just because, oh, it's a teen drama that's fucking it up again. It's usually, especially at the point that we're at in the series, we have accrued a couple examples of the show handling the topic better yeah so it, it gets particularly frustrating when it is like the manny and peter situation or even like craig and his bipolar diagnosis where it's like it, we've seen mental illness handled in a way that in craig's own mental illness handled in a way that was better in the past and to see it not really be followed up appropriately um is really frustrating because it Again, it's not just an average whatever show. I expect it not to do well. It's a show that I've seen seen it do it correctly. So, like, what gives? Why can't it do it again? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's... Yeah, it's it's definitely something that I, I... Again, I would be interested in seeing more contemporary things about it. Because I do think there's something to be said also, right? There's the context of, like, at the time that this came out, there were YA books that were handling a lot of these topics, but overall, it definitely um, was one of the go-to and esteemed examples of this more realistic teen drama. Um, there are other dr teen dramas that have handled these tropes, but have handled them more for shock factor and things like that. Meanwhile, a lot of the time, at least in the earlier seasons, it's definitely formed things in a more informative manner. Um, and so it is a little disappointing when uh, it loses its way a bit. Um, and obviously things can change, right? Things can and should change. And a series that's been around for at the point that we're watching the six seasons should adjust with with the times. But it's interesting seeing the ways that it adjusted. Yeah. I'm just quickly looking up to see if there's... Because one of the things we did for Teen Girl Talk was we did Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, yeah. yes. And, like, for me, that's, like, one of the er teen shows. Yeah. Um, and that, I remember watching, like, we watched the first three episodes, and that show was ridiculous. It is. It's bonkers. Like, when they were just like, like, oh, look at Dylan, he's so cool. I'm like, is he wearing a leather jacket over overalls? And, like, that was his outfit. I mean, I do that, too, but I'm not treated like a sex icon. What the <laughs> fuck is up with that? <laughs> um... But, like, you know, that, that, sh like, that show had, like, I was like, this, I don't recognize this at all. Like, in, when I'm watching Degrassi, I'm like, I, I know these kids. Mm -hmm. Like, I went to school with some of these kids. Um, uh, like, a few spinners, like, I went to school with. They weren't tender chunk kids, they were just idiots. Yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, like, I think that, I think, <laughs> like, when I, when I, I, I think I've said it a few times on the show where I'm like, I hate Degrassi, <laughs> but like, I, but the thing is, like, I say it when I'm most disappointed in it. Like, I don't get angry at Degrassi, I'm just like, I'm, it's like a being, you know, it's like being a parent. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed in you, because <laughs> like you know better than this, Degrassi. Right. That's exactly how I feel too. It's like it's like I know you've done this. Like I have examples. I can say examples where you've handled this better. And it's like, are there? It's always going to have weaknesses with race, right? It's always going to have weaknesses with uh, disability. Like there's definitely always going to be things that it could do better, but. Um, it is really annoying when it's, like, things that you know they can write about. Yeah. It's like, come on, guys. Like, let's get it together. Oh, they're also really bad at class. They've always been bad at class, though. Yeah. Just, they, I don't think, oh. <laughs> it's like, it's like, we don't know how to write kids who are from a lower socioeconomic level. I mean, in the first season, like, when Sean is calling out Emma, he's like, I need these computers in the school, and if we have to, like, have soda cans advertising it then we have to have soda cans advertising because like i don't have a computer at home emma like i thought like, that was good that was good yeah but there's just so much else that's just like this is not good it's it's but i think that also kind of speaks to the weakness because that speaks to sean's life and how class impacts him outside of the house right mm. i don't think degrassi really knows how to speak of like family dynamics and lower socioeconomic levels which is probably why they just evaded it with sean a lot of the time yeah, and or, or why we don't see parents. Right, right. It's it's there's definitely like a lack of, and I knew it was coming, but man, I I miss having like parent related plots. Yeah. Um. So yeah. 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 We have we do have listener questions. We do have listener if, questions. If, if if you're good moving away from this topic. I mean, do we want to go to maybe a listener question and then go to another yeah. one of the potential questions you have? Okay. I mean, most of my questions are just personal ones that I want to discuss with Donnie. I would like to take these Q&As to get to know my co-host a little bit more. Of course. <laughs> um, I think this kind of goes, because we're talking a lot about enjoying and things like that. Um, we were asked, um, we were asked a question, which were, what are some episodes that you had the most fun recording, and what episodes did you not enjoy? <laughs> I mean, okay, Drive comes to my okay well now i enjoy i enjoyed the terrible episodes more than i enjoyed the good episodes right I, I think a lot of podcasts have this issue where it's like um i know like blank check has spoken to this where it's like they they've talked a lot about how like when they talk about a movie like like a big deal movie right like a part of like the movie canon basically those episodes tend to not really do very well because it's like, well, what are you going to say about it? It's, you know, it's not that it's perfect, but it's pretty, you know, it's pretty damn good. Versus, like, when you talk about, like, a bad movie, it's easier to, like, generate, or a more obscure movie or something like that. And I feel similarly in, when I record in the sense of, like, some of my favorite episodes recording um, were not those major episodes of, of Degrassi. Like, a lot of the time, it is those smaller episodes that we just really enjoy, that are just, like, really there are people going super saiyan outside currently yeah apparently <laughs> i'm like all right they're just kids we're, we're by an entrance to a park so i think they were just kids on bikes but um I, I was just thinking how boring a dragon ball z podcast would be i think 
I think what it would probably have to do is um, there's like a, a America's Next Top Model podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And what they're doing, instead of just doing episode by episode, they're like picking main themes from each season and talking about each theme from the season. So it's like they're going to talk about the photo shoots and they're going to talk about uh, the trip and they're going to talk about uh, the challenges. And like they're doing that instead. And I feel like that's how a Dragon Ball Z podcast would work. Well, that's what TFS Abridged does every december like they'll have like top 12 transformations or top 10 fights right like you just kind of pick like a theme and you talk about it per arc versus like going through episode by episode by episode yeah so do you want to restart what you were saying (laughs) sure um so i i find some of the smaller episodes to be really enjoyable like for example like the episode that we recorded fairly recently um Oh, God, I can't remember the title of it. Um, but it was the one with uh, Sean, uh, and he's, like, coming out of... He got out of prison, and he's, like, trying to, like, reacclimate and become, oh. like, one with anger. And, like, trying to, like, overcome and, and deal with his issues with anger. Um, an episode that I never thought about as a kid. Um, an episode that is pretty small scale in terms of, like, the events of it. But for whatever reason, I really enjoyed talking about it and I really enjoyed talking about it on the podcast. And um, it was something that I I found was worth talking about in many different ways, um, but definitely was not the episode that you see on like a top 10 Degrassi list. Yeah. Um, crazy little thing called love. Yeah. Like for whatever reason, that episode was really fucking good. And I like genuinely really enjoyed talking about it. And I enjoyed like the episode that we were able to put together talking about it. I, I, I could not tell you why, but there's something very charming about it. Yeah. Um, who did we do? We did that with somebody. Didn't we? That one, I think might've been just us. Let me check my schedule. Okay. Um, it's fun with guests, admittedly. Yeah, like, I love every episode we have a guest on. Yeah, like, it is fun. It's, guests, I don't know if you feel similar, Frank, but, like, for me, it's, like, I really like having guests. I like, but I also like the episode we have, like, in between a couple string of guests where it's just us. Like, yeah. it's nice to kind of, like, <laughs> take a sec. Uh, we didn't have any guests on Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Oh. But, uh. But it's nice, but we had recorded with some guests in between it, so were we back in person for crazy yeah we were yeah we were okay yeah all right because my mind is all like because of the skype days my mind is constantly like where did i put that episode like because <laughs> like, i'm having stuff coming in from zoom and stuff coming like donnie's like here's the audio from this one i'm like uh, okay yeah i'm just like throwing a bunch of files at you and just seeing what sticks i'm sorry that's <laughs> fine but, um, I, yeah, I think that was our first one back, too. I think that might. Maybe that's... No, but I think the episode had merit, too. Yes, it was nice having... I mean, being back yeah, that was just, like, but, an added bonus on it. Yeah, but I think it was, like, a really nice episode to, uh, to do. And, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of those smaller episodes that end up being the ones that I, I really enjoy doing. Um, I don't know you feel. Um, no, like... Honestly, like, recent, like, you know, going back, um, through our whole history, like, not, you know, there's been moments where we just laugh ourselves stupid about things, and that, those are moments I always enjoy. You wanna know what's a good one? The Sally the Ageless one from that one episode Joey was on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I, like, I, like, I remember how funny it was, but I don't, 
Like, was Sally a student? <laughs> Sally was like a family member, was like a cousin or something like that. Yes, I was like, like, like an aunt. Yeah, and like she kept people kept bringing up stuff about her, and it was like Sally has traveled through time. <laughs> yeah, like, Sally has seen many realities. <laughs> um, I think like recently it's the mini episodes I really like doing. I like yes because they're just so easy and breezy and just like I'm like these don't matter. Yeah. I mean like some of them are torturous to get through, like the what ifs. Those were all awful. It, it is also nice to kind of break from it because it's like, um, our episodes have been getting tighter over time. And I think that also speaks to the writing being tighter over time. But, um, it is, it is nice when you're going through something and it, you know it's going to be easy and breezy and it's, you could just kind of be a little goofy because again, it's like a lot of these mini episodes, they don't mean anything to canon. We could just hang out and shoot the shit about them. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Um, I, I think though an episode that I... I remember really struggling with and an episode that I still kind of struggle with in hindsight was definitely like when we um uh oh god the actual school shooting episode was it time mm. stand still yeah and we had jazz and, and jazz is a fucking trooper yeah. um and I I love jazz dearly but I know like all three of us were struggling through because it's 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 a that is a tough subject to talk about because it's just you know you have like you have a character who went through something horrible but then he did something horrible Mm -hmm. and like your heart is just torn between the two areas of sympathy versus like like you, you feel bad that he went through that, but but at the same time you're like, I don't. That doesn't give you the right to do this. Yeah. But then like part of you under like part of you understands, and then you're like, I don't like that part. Like, I mean, I you know, and even now as I'm talking about, it, I'm having str- like, struggle talking about it because I'm like, I feel like I'm making excuses for Rick's behavior. But it's just like Rick's a monster, <laughs> but he's still a boy, and so it's just like. Yeah, that one was hard because it's just like it's it's such a awful subject to talk about. Uh, I definitely agree with you on that one. Yeah, and it's it's one that I don't know if I could even do anything different, even though it's been I don't even know how many it's been at least a year since we recorded that episode. I think it's, it's like yeah, but I still don't know what I could have done differently. I think I would have still had the same complicated feelings that I would now. And, and I don't think it, I think that something that, um, I thought about a bit when we were thinking early on in, about like format of the show was I, I kicked around the idea of like, what if we, uh, and I don't think I told you this about this too much, but like in terms of guests, but like actively seeking people who are like specialists in certain themes. You, you did. Yeah. But in like, I kind of prefer where we ended up because mostly because I just don't think we have the manpower or like the funds to really see that through. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do wonder, I think, I wonder if like, that's one of the only, I think that's one of the, one of the episodes that I think maybe if we had a specialist on. I mean, yeah. But like trying to find a specialist, like, Hey, we'd be on our DeGrasse podcast. Right, right, <laughs> right. But it, it's something that I feel like. The more, like, even when I try to, like, research and when I try to, like, analyze it as its own and try to remember the context of when it came out, I still end up in the same complicated place. And I think you hear us try to work out those complications very often. 
Um, and I know other folks, once you sit around and think about it, you get into a very complicated headspace about it too. Like, it's easy to just kind of do the surface reading of it, which I think is what ends up happening a lot with that plot. But, like, when you really, like, look at it, and I think it also speaks to how they were able to make it be a progression, right? It, it wasn't just, like, of all of the times that Degrassi, like, went there, I think that was the one that made the most sense because there was such a build-up to it. We mm -hmm. saw issues with Rick for seasons, um, so that when it happened, it, it made more sense to you as a viewer uh, versus a lot of the more uh, abrupt revelations that have happened in some other episodes but um yeah again i just there's a lot of feelings that i still have about it and i don't think i've come to any conclusion about any of them oh i mean it's just like it's, it's still something i don't think anybody really understands no and yeah, you know, i think we did our best yeah yeah but I think it's definitely, like, an episode that I look back on and I'm just like, damn, I, like, tried, but I still don't know. <laughs> and I think, like, I did hit a point where I was just like, it, it's just, it's not a very pleasant topic to talk about, for lack of better terms. And uh, I think, like, you know, we all tried our best and I'm really appreciative of jazz, but, like, fuck, that was hard. Yeah. <sighs> um, honestly, I think the ones that were w hardest for me to talk about was Shout. And Shouts mm. Aftermath. Because it's just like... You know... Uh, well, I like the entire... Like, I want to call it, the, like, the Shout... Like... Arc. Yeah. Because, like... Nothing makes you feel more... Embittered towards the world. And just, like... Angry than, like, what happened. Like, you know... Like, what happened to Paige, and knowing that it's, it's, you know, knowing that it's, that does happen. Like, and that, like, I feel like that was, like, what, like, just recording that one made it so much harder. Because I'm just like, this is such, like, this is our reality, and it's terrible, and we need to change it. But, like, we've been trying to change it for so long. It, it, you feel kind of futile. Doing yeah, it. and I think we've had a couple episodes that have timed out horrendously so with current events, right? Yeah. And, like, that's always been a bit of a challenge, and um, I know that some of the Paige episodes kind of lined up with a lot of, like, sexual assault discussion and allegation and Me Too and things like that, and um, it, it, it make yeah, it feels very cyclical when it, you don't want it to be. Yeah. And I, I feel like that happened, especially with some of the shout episodes where you're just like, well, fuck, like, we're still talking about this and this is still a problem. Yeah. Um, that definitely has always been very frustrating. Um, yeah, I mean, going off of that, I feel like uh, some of the episodes I struggled with recording were definitely, like, the ones with, with Paige and the fucking student teacher. Ugh, yeah. And it's like... I don't know how much I could do differently, but it was such a miserable plot for me to experience as somebody who works in youth development. And the fact that, like, he still was never really, like, portrayed as, like, a bad guy. Yeah. He, he was just, like, a shitty boyfriend and not a teacher who should not be involved with his student. It, it, it's just... <laughs> I think I, I bring up those episodes of Teen Titans a lot. 
Um, but like, there's an episode called Troc, where uh, this asshole alien dude is being racist towards Starfire and calling her Troc, which means nothing. Um, and there's a part where she explains what's going on to Cyborg, and Cyborg's like is just like I understand, and like everybody watching it over a certain age is like. Uh, he's like, it's because I'm, I'm like, black, black, say it, say it, say it. And it's just like, a robot. I'm like, you've laid it up and you dropped the ball. But then somebody on Tumblr did say like, well, people are going to see the robot part first now. <laughs> but it's like the same thing with Degrassi. I feel constantly when I'm just like, call it assault. Call it him a predator. Do it. Do it. Say the words. That's all you have to do. And they don't do it. Mm-hmm. So. Because it's just... Like, and, like, with with those two characters, I'm like, what's the point? Like, what's the point? Like, especially now. Like, now that we've gotten from season five into season six. And Peter is, now that he's broken of Emma, is a nothing character. Oh, he doesn't mean anything in the story. Yeah, like, he's just there. Yeah. Like, so, if you weren't planning on doing anything with him, like, why, and why would you after this? Just write him off. Just be like, he is, like, you know, just call a spade a spade. Call him a monster, which is what he is. And then it's the same thing with, um... Well, I, mean, I can't remember this, the, the Predator's name. The, Dean. The teacher. Dean? Oh, or, wait, or Orlean. Orlean. There's so many. <laughs> Dean is actually confirmed as a fucking, uh, you know, a fucking rapist. But, uh, Oleander, yeah, he gets away with just smoking weed and living in a shitty apartment. Well, that, that's, like, that's the, um, and when we did Pretty Little Liars, and that also had a teacher-student relationship, which was gross, um, but they made it canon, and, like, they tried to make it okay, which was weird. We, we had a whole thing where we said, like, every man in this, in this town has to add his name to a list when he fucks up, and I'm like, same thing with Degrassi, you're like, every man in Toronto, just add your name to the list at his city hall that you're a monster. Right. Um, but yeah, like... I think Degrassi is, I mean, like, you see this a lot, but it's, like, so evident, like, a man wrote this show. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious, I feel like it's obviously, like, it's obvious when a man writes it. I think it's also very obvious when, like, that, like, the writer's room just seems overwhelmingly white. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, it's not a perfect thing, and, and it's definitely not a writer's room that accurately accurately mirrors like the characters on the show yeah and that's and that's a problem and and it's frustrating for many many reasons but it it definitely is one of those things where um you you see a lot of those weaknesses come out uh when they're trying to talk about it's just i i think a lot about like disability and like how they talk about disability with jimmy and now they talk about like you know his his emotional arc with his injury and everything and how it, it it's written in a way that is like very much just very removed from the idea of disability ever being like an a positive thing or a good thing or an okay thing yeah. it, it just constantly wants to look at how much jimmy has lost and that's been going for a couple seasons and it's like I understand emotionally it makes sense for a character who has gone through that to have these internalized ableist ideas but there's a way to kind of talk about that in a way that one, not every single one of his stories are about it, and two, 
um, that helps him over time learn that he has plenty of value. Yeah. I mean, like, we had that whole mini episode where he, you know, gets up and walks again. Yeah. It's like, it's bad enough that a lot of his plots are talking about that, but also, like, the fact that they're like, yes, a mini episode. This is gonna be a great idea. And it's like, no, no, that's not the point. Like, you don't understand... (laughs) Or comprehend, like, the purpose of you, your writing a disabled character. It is not, like, this is not, this is not what you should be focusing your time on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm good enough. Yeah, me but, too. Um, okay. So, my first question for you mm-hmm. is, um, there's definitely, like, a change in between, I want to say, like, from season four to five to six, um, if Degrassi was a car, would the change be more of a, like, just a, like, chink as you put it, put into gear, or clunk? Hmm. That's a good question, because it's like, I don't think everything came out of nowhere, right? Like, I, I think that there were shifts that happened, yes, but it's, like, it's not, when I look at it, it's like, oh, this isn't, like, old Degrassi, this isn't, like, what fuck show is this? Yeah. Which I feel like are two very, very different um, ways that a series can change. Like, I feel like, even as a kid, when I was watching, because, like, as we've talked before, the end would like to do the big blocks of seasons. If I jumped into a later season, I'd go, oh, this is a later season of Degrassi. I wouldn't go, what the fuck is this? Well, I'm, I'm also talking, like, besides just content, I'm talking, like, style. Style. Like, you know, because now the money seems to be more on display with yeah. interesting shots. And, taking but, Back Sunday. Yeah, Taking Back Sunday. Um, like, um, just for an example, like, when I was growing up, I remember old school MSC3K where the, the puppets didn't work. Yeah. Everything was found items. And now, like, they have puppets that work and, like, all this money in the new Netflix show. I'm like, it's not quite the same. Um, so, like, besides, con- like, besides content, do you think, the, like, the style shift was good or? I think that. I'm very at odds with it. Like, I feel like if I was visualizing what kind of car it is. Um, I think that it would go from, like, like, a reliable Toyota Corolla to, like, a, um, a, what would be, like, a slightly higher tier sedan, but, like, the issue is, is, like, when the pieces don't work, you have to, like, something that's, like, an import, they have to pay, like, a lot of money to get the parts replaced. Okay, like a Lamborghini? Uh, no, too high end, too high end. <laughs> like an Audi. Okay. That's like good. an that's Audi. Good. Yeah, like it's like or an Audi. Or BMW. Au- yeah, yeah, but I'm going with an Audi and I'm going with a, a, a type of, there's like a version of an Audi um, that my ex's mom had and it was garbo. Like it was like an Audi <laughs> and it looked nice, but like there were like random parts of it that just kind of just fell apart and it was just known as like an infamous year of that car. Um, and that's how I imagine it, where it's, like, it looks sleeker, much like the writing is sleeker, but there are, like, things breaking down in it, and you have to go to the shop and get them fixed, and that's how I feel about, like, 
season six, five and six, especially of Degrassi, where I think that there, I think that the writing has gotten a lot cleaner and a lot more streamlined. But it, there are consequences to them doing it that way mm-hmm. because now the characters are operating more as, um, more as tropes and more as conflict creators versus like characters we're watching grow and develop. Yeah. Um, on the last, for, for me, the last, my main complaint with the, the shift is bloat. Because like season one, you had JT, Emma, um, Toby, Liberty, Feeling like this is the fifth one. I'm Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, then for the high school kids, you had Paige, Spinner, Jimmy, Ashley. So we're talking nine characters. Mm-hmm. That's a good, good amount of characters. Yeah. And like we got a lot of really good stories, and like sometimes the characters would intermingle and they'd be good. Now I think there's something like twenty different char- name. Oh, characters. there's a lot. Yeah. And it's just like I don't want. A lot of characters and half-baked stories. Mm-hmm. I want a bunch of characters and really tight stories. That's fair. Like, you know, it's just like, is LA still dating that newspaper guy? I don't know. And I don't really care because that newspaper guy just kind of sucks. Oh, well, I also think that they should just have let characters graduate and just yeah go. Like, and I felt this way even as a kid. Like, I didn't really find the college plots compelling as a kid um and i i as much as like i'm like one of those people where it's like obviously like i don't want all my favorite characters just die but like i like knowing that they've moved on and like i would be fine as a viewer with like the idea of like marco has graduated but every once in a while there's an update right or like every once in a while like maybe maybe the kids are back for break and they say hi and like that's it yeah or just like every third episode is just focused on the college that would be interesting. Like, it, it I, I, I would be interested in something like that. Or, like, even, like, I don't know. I, I don't even like the, in hindsight, like, I think another thing that when we revisited just didn't hold up was a lot of those adult plots. But, like, I don't really think the idea of the adult plots was a bad idea. It's just that I was so tired of watching Caitlyn and Joey's bullshit. But the, the, the thing with the adult plots is they still somehow tied into high school kids. Right, right. And it's harder to do that. In fact, I would argue they shouldn't when they're college. Because, um, I mean, I'm, I'm still thinking about, like, that whole adult plot of, like, is, is Snake going to have the stripper at his bachelor party? And then you have, like, little JT and Toby showing up in those dumb suits. I'm like, that is what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's also, like, one of those things where um, there's also, like... Um, it's, it's very hard to pull off a college plot because there's a part of you that, like, want... And I understand why. It's, like, you want to keep the kids that go to college together. But... And something that I really struggled with as a kid was, like, realistically speaking, outside of, like, certain school settings, like a community college or something like that, a lot of the time you're not going to see other folks you went to school with. Like, yeah. a lot of the time that you go to individual schools or you're, like, you know... A lot of folks, like, go to Rutgers and maybe they see each other in passing, but they're not going to hang out with each other or dorm with each other or or anything like that. Um, And it's really hard to, for me, to immerse myself in this idea that, like, all of these friends decide they're all going to go to the same exact place, even if they're studying a bunch of different things. And there's, like, a school down, you know, a couple towns over that's probably a better fit. Yeah. 
and like they're all gonna live in a house together and there's not gonna be any problems like and because like here okay so i'm just gonna hit you with this what 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 are some of the main plot lines coming from college so the main plot lines coming from college is ellie trying to work on her publishing career but it's intermingled with her relationship with jesse um as far as we know Paige is doing well at banting but we don't know a ton of what's going on there yet okay well i mean just like things that we have seen like, oh. i don't want to like things that we've seen i don't want to like presuppose on Paige. okay um we've seen well do we count dating for dudes and how marco's no. house got broken into Damn. <laughs> so that that's kind of the issue it's like the one main plot is an ellie plot which i'm like yeah but then it's like her dealing with this editor who's kind of lame and boring. Boo. So what? What is the point of the college? Right, right. It's 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 very um, it just doesn't really speak to the college experience to me. And like I think that's a thing that I've heard from a couple people where um, you know, obviously like dating shitty dudes is a part of the college experience as much as I don't want to think about it. But like <laughs> other than that, it's like. Even, and I still, I was really bugged about it when I was a kid. I'm bugged about it now. But, like, even the housing plot is just, it, it feels, like, that's not necessarily something that a freshman usually typically worries about. Yeah. Like, a freshman traditionally, and obviously there are exceptions, but, like, freshmen traditionally are in dorms, which is why, like, as much as I didn't like how the roommate thing with ellie was being handled the idea of going to school and meeting and having to live with somebody and not getting along with them is a college experience yeah um but like the whole entire thing about like having to find the housing and living in an off-campus apartment and all, all this type of stuff just it's very odd i mean it, it should like the one thing i miss uh, I, I i i didn't dorm i i lived off campus because right. i was just like i don't want to share my room with anybody and i can do this which is fair um, like, part of it is learning, well, you know, like, I feel like it's a bit rote, but go with the traditional college, you know, um, experiences of, like, learning to be an adult. Right. Like. Accidentally you, causing a fire alarm because you were trying to pop popcorn in a new microwave. <laughs> or one of my favorite stories from Reddit of this kid who didn't realize you were supposed to put the food on something and was just putting it on the grill and he couldn't understand why his oven kept smoking. Or the thing of like, like oh, I did wash for the first time. Why is everything pink? Yep. Oh, I put in a red shirt. Yep. It's it's definitely like those little, little things that I think can work really well. Um, and it, I think there is something to be said about, like, they should be different. They should be growing, and they should be changing. And that is normal in a college setting, but I feel like they haven't really done that, and they haven't really been allowed to do it. The funny thing is, we, we get... I've, I've seen at least a few movies where there's this plot line of people... Like, two best friends from high school, and they're like, we're gonna go to college together, and we're gonna be best friends from all of college. And then, like, almost... Every time, it's just like, hey, um, I want to do this other thing that's going to expand my horizons. Like, I cannot think of a single person I went to high school with that I'd be like, I want to live with you. I I eventually lived with my um, high school best friend. Um, I did do that, but it took a couple years, and that was definitely not something we wanted to do in the first year of college. Yeah, like, you need, like, from what I've, I've heard, the, oh, let's touch Junipers here. Um, from what I've heard, the thing that happens with dorms is your, like, dorm mate becomes your best friend, 
and then you start expanding, and you eventually leave that dorm person behind. I mean, yes and no. Um, it depends on your experience, but, like, that is a common one. Yes, it's true. It's, like, it's a very common one for people to, like, get really close with their floor mates and roommate and, like, kind of have a bit of a group. But, and, and that's the thing, too. It's, like, I think that an issue that develops in this is, um, feeling, um, having difficulty acknowledging that a lot of high school friendships are transitionary. And I think this is an issue in a lot of YA. I think it's similar to romantic relationships in YA as well. Where, like, you know, you you want the story to kind of end where they're together and they're happy. And you don't want to add, like, a little stinger of, like, and then they broke up when they were going to go to college. And they drifted apart after six months. Right. Like, which is totally realistic. And admittedly not something that they, uh, that, you know, a book may want to add or a show would, would want to add depending on the context. Um, but I do think that this becomes an issue when your characters age out of the high school setting, um, because you don't want to admit that. Like, I think some shows have been able to do it, but they've kind of erred more toward, like, an adult drama versus, like, a teen drama, which I think that many, many teen dramas do want to talk about the prevailing success of friendship. Yeah. And I get it, but I think that's a big issue that happens with these college plots, because it's, like, it would be a very real thing to kind of talk about of, like, you know, Marco and Ellie just needing to drift apart because they're different. And Marco, and a big issue, I think, also with these college pots is, like, they're not really exploring Marco as somebody who is able to be gay on campus. Yeah. And how that's a different experience and how he could join clubs, he could socialize with other gay people, he could, um, you know... <laughs> do a whole bunch of stuff and and he would probably change quite a bit during that first year of college um and may not have as much of a bond with ellie at the time and that's okay and i know that's hard to hear i feel like for for folks um but it would be true and realistic and allow marco to explore like what it means to be in college and we can have just you know more queer characters on the show. Right. Besides just Marco and, oh yeah, Dylan. Yeah, exactly. And Alex. Oh, sweet Alex. Last time we saw you, oh, you were just doing lacrosse. Yeah, God, I miss Alex. God, I miss... <sighs> but but uh, it's interesting, though, because like, I feel like I actually don't mind a huge cast. I feel like a lot of things that I've gravitated toward have had very big casts. Like, I mean... Fire Emblem. Yeah, Fire Emblem. But, like, even, like, but even as a kid, I liked Hey Arnold. Like, that was, like, one of my favorite cartoons. And that has a huge cast when you really think about it. Oh, yeah. But, um, I've always liked big ensemble casts where you do have that centralized character who's maybe not always the centralized focus. Yeah, but, like, I, I, I also love Hey Arnold. Um, my favorite part about that is you could, like, Arnold, like, it was called Hey Arnold, but, like... Arnold wasn't always the focus. I love that he could be a non-factor. Yeah. That was, like, my favorite... Some of my favorite episodes were when he was, just like, negligible. <laughs> I mean, like, there's that whole episode... They, you know what's funny? Is they... Hey, Arnold does a better job of doing the college plot line than Degrassi does. Oh, my God, right? Because Olga goes through such a horrible time, like, being an adult and, like, I, meeting with perfection and I, stuff. I meant the, the one with Gerald. Oh, yeah. When he moves into the boarding house 
And he's just like, where do I leave my laundry? And they're like, what do you mean leave all your laundry? You do it yourself. Yeah. And he just doesn't figure it out. He's just wearing dirty clothes the rest of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah. like, But that was, but the thing, my favorite thing is they would have interesting, like, there's that one super unlucky kid that Arnold spends the day with. And, like, you know, I've, we've seen him enough to be like, oh, that's him. And then, like, Arnold spends the day with him and, like, you get to, like, watch just, like, how unlucky this kid is. But then at the end, you get this beautiful moment where he's just like, I got to do all these wonderful things thanks to you. And it's just like, and it's, it's not like the fact that these bad things happen to him, it's the way he deals with them. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, and, like, my favorite episode is the one, I think the kid's name is Torvald. Yes. Where Arnold um, tutors him. And then, like, Torval will just be in the background of episodes, and then, like, they had to play a football game against the fifth graders, and Torval just shows up, he's, like, as their ringer. I'm like, Torval's back! Yeah. <laughs> but that's how I feel it should be. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you have, like, I think we've always discussed this, of just, like, they should just pick one character to focus on an episode, mm-hmm. show us a bit of their life, have the other kids come in, and, like, be side characters, and have, like, especially those with interesting interactions, and then, like, that's just the episode. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that, um, it's, like, a balancing act. I think that there's, like, this, this, uh, joke about Degrassi, about how, like, there's, and we've joked about it, too, how it seems like only bad things happen to, like, 20 kids. <laughs> um, and I don't, I think there's an alternative way of telling that, and an alternative way of approaching it, which is that, this show is showing 20 ex- interiors of teenage kids and the different challenges and, uh, you know, the uh, moments that they go through. Yeah. And I think that when you kind of centralize it more in the way that you're talking about, Frank, it, it, it takes away, it, it becomes more like, let's just kind of live with, let's just live with Ellie for the day. Let's just live with Paige for the day. Let's just live with Alex for the day. And it becomes more, okay, let's see their interiors and, and, like, how they experience everything and, like, how how they see the world um, versus this more plot-focused, like, we want to do this, especially season six, is very much like, we want to talk about cocaine. <laughs> this is how we're going to talk about cocaine. Craig, come over here. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, a lot of that type of shit. I mean, I would have fucking loved an episode of Craig trying to make it in the music industry. Yep. Like, his agent being like, you need to fucking write a song. We talked a bit about this with Jeff on the episode, um, where the there isn't very much effort to talk about Craig and how he's experiencing his life as somebody who's bipolar. Yeah. And we talked about this on the episode, and I still stand by it. It felt like he was a more accurate portrayal of somebody with bipolar disorder in season two than in season six. Yeah. Which is wild. Like, when you really think about that. Because he gets diagnosed, and it felt like since he was diagnosed, like, they're not talking about what that means. Yeah. And it's just like... And, you know... um, Like, part, part, yeah. Like, I mean, but it's the same thing with any, like, any dis- disorder, disability in the show. It's just like, well, this person has it. Aren't we diverse? Right. We're not gonna, like, make any, you know, good things about it. But, like, we have it. 
Right. And it's like, it's, yeah, it's just a lot of, like, misconnections, really. Yeah. Okay. So, we've done, it's an hour and we've done three questions. Right. We've got another <laughs> listener question. Okay. Uh, sorry, I almost revealed something that we're going to reveal later. Frank, how do you get that hair so good? Well, glad this listener asked. It's kind of weird you know how what my hair looks like, despite the fact this is an audio... Oh, okay. <laughs> um, if characters were in Fire Emblem or another fantasy story, what class would they be? Fuck. Awesome. I love this question so much. I know much. you would. <laughs> I'll let you take the reins, because I know last time we had a Fire Emblem-related question, I took the reins, so you can take this one. Um, well, I do want to do this more as D&D, because that's my yeah, wheelhouse. Yeah, go from your wheelhouse. Okay. Um... Manny, definitely a bard. Oh, 100%. And, so, and also Craig. Yes. Two different types of bards, but bards nonetheless. Yeah. Um, now I want to play D&D and play as Degrassi characters. Can we make this happen? I'm, I'm, How I'm, funny of a bonus episode would that be? A one-shot of everyone as Degrassi characters? <laughs> so here's the thing. I was going to do that. Have like I was going to do a one-person RPG, DM a one-person RPG for you. Oh, good. But like... Basically, like each person would be whatever D and D monster. I think they they fit more most accurately. JT would just be a slime because this is like season two. JT. Yeah. Um. Sean would definitely be a fighter. Yes, yes. I love. I also love fighters. So this this makes me happy. <laughs> um, Sean rushes in. Um, Alex would definitely be a rogue. Mm-hmm. 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 Um. Um. She wants to be a Yanti rogue. Oh. Like, Yanti are, like, snake people. Yes, 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 yes. Um. Um. Peter would be a were-rat. Um. <laughs> um. I'm trying to think of a useless class, but they're all pretty useful. Um. No, he, he'd be, like, a, um, Okay. Uh, Emma would be obviously a druid. Right, like she has to be a druid. Uh, Paige, Paige would be a sorcerer. I'd like that. Um, because like the thing, the big joke in D anD D is that like wizards have to study for like their magic, and warlocks have to make deals with the devil, um, or like deals with a a patron saint to get their magic, and sorcerers just like they just got it. <laughs> you know, Paige would. I love that. These are good. I don't know, Frank. These are fucking great so far. I'm just, like, um, sitting here enjoying it. Marco. Our sweet boy, Marco. Marco would be a cleric. Yeah, he would be a cleric. Especially because he's um, a good Catholic boy. These these are good, Frank. And obviously, Darcy would also be a cleric. Yes. Um, no, a paladin. Oh, there we go. Because she's so goddamn annoying about that religion. Honestly, I like Darcy as a paladin. That's good. Um, I, I forget about paladins sometimes because I don't play them. I don't either, but I also only play, uh, fighters. <laughs> Toby being an artificer. Mm-hmm. Um, Liberty. Liberty would definitely be a wizard. Yes, 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 yes. She has to be. Um, let's see, what What's else? Jay? Jay. <laughs> Jay's a barbarian. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, uh, mm, barbarians have ra- Like, the thing about Jay is Jay doesn't get angry. No. Um, I want uh, unless he's what's a class I haven't used yet. Um, fire fighter. Um, I think he'd be a fighter. Yeah. No, 
JB Bard. Oh. Because, like, bards have, you know, charisma and, like, and, like, you can't, what you can say about Jay is he's charismatic. Yes, yes. Like, and he does, mo- like, he doesn't threaten kids, he just does most of his time talking. Right. Um. Did you say Spinner yet? Spinner would be a barbarian. Yes, that feels right. Um. Ellie would be a warlock. I like that. Um. What about Ashley? Ashley... Fool. Um, Ashley would be. What Arcus? Okay, so um, I do sometimes play different. Um, like in the in the game I'm running right now, I do have added classes that I got from like homebrew websites. Mm-hmm. No, uh, Ashley would be. Um, would she be a bard too? Uh, no. She, well, I mean, yeah. if you're going traditional, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we'll call her bar. Okay. Um, Did we do Jimmy yet? Jimmy, Jimmy would be, Jimmy would be a fighter. Yeah. Um, just good and simple and just like, ready to go with that. Because I mean, he's, him and Sean have actually had fights. Right. <laughs> so. He's actually thrown down, so. Yeah. Um, Danny and Derek... Um, would be failed bards, um, but which I think would just mean they would be rogues. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, they've broken into somebody's house. They're, <laughs> they're rogues. <laughs> they're rogues. Um, is that everybody? I mean, there's like you know extraneous characters. We should have pulled up a list because then I think you start getting into like Terry and like you know characters. Terry would be a cleric. Yes, that's true. She would be. Um. I'm sure there's somebody we're missing and somebody's listening to this going, what about blank? Right into the show. I hope hot at gmail.com. Yeah. Let us know if you're missing. Cause this is a fun, fun, fun activity. Yeah. Um, so I want to do keep it on the fun questions. Cause we just had an hour of serious discussion. Right. So I know Donnie, you are a great lover of theme parks. Yes, I am. So tell me what is your favorite theme park and what, and if, you know, if it's in the same park, cool. But what is your favorite ride? Oh boy. Um, do I have to have been at the theme park? Because there's a... No. Okay. Because there are... Or, or, okay. The best one you've been to okay. and one you want to go to. Okay. So... Three-part question. As much as I love theme parks, I actually haven't been to a ton of them. Um, so unfortunately, um, I can't speak to a lot that I know people have probably are able to access fairly easily. Hopefully, over time, I will be able to. Um, unfortunately... Disney World's kind of the best, but specifically when I went and uh, I went to, I went to Disney. It's okay. I went to Disney in a uh, '99, and that was like the last one of like the last years of like Epcot when it was like really good, because um, mm-hmm. it did start falling apart, and arguably it was beginning to fall apart when I was there. But um, it was so immersive and it was so inspiring and it legitimately made me want to learn. And I remember going to like the, the world showcase and like being super excited. I was like 10 at the time. I think I was like so excited to learn and like, I was so excited to go to each one and like meet the people that were from those countries and like talk to them and everything and like get, you know, 
get the little stamps and stuff and like I felt so immersed even if I knew that technically I was not like traveling the world like I was like genuinely like oh fuck I'm going to Mexico and like it was like fucking exciting so and I think that Disney World still has merit and things like that I think that obviously there's a lot of discussion especially during COVID about theme parks and how much we need them to be open or not and things like that but there was something very magical about that um hopefully someday i will be able to go to disney sea which is kind of like my big goal in japan mm-hmm. um and i would really like to go to efteling which is in amsterdam okay i believe let me let me double check before i say anything but um those two are like my dream parks disney sea for those of you who don't know um it's the disney in japan that has, like, a huge volcano in the center, and then, like, it's all themed around, like, port cities. I did not know that. I now want to go to that as well. It's really cool. The theming is so cool. Um, So, and there's, like, a lot of, like, really, really cool shit there, and it's just, I really hope that someday I'll be able to go there. Um, Obviously, when times are safer to travel, um, the Netherlands is where Efteling is. So, um, (laughs) Efteling is, like, a really, really old park, it's, like, all based on fairy tales and stuff, and there's, like, these really, really cool um, audio animatronics. Um, and um, I will never forget, in group therapy, my group therapist is also really into theme parks and into Efteling. So for a mindfulness activity, we, like, watched drone footage of Efteling during the initial lockdown stuff and, like, how quiet it was. And, and I was like, oh, this is so soothing. He's like, and, and uh... My group therapist is like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, like, we were both, like, we were both, like, yeah, this is great. And then, we're, like, we were watching ride-throughs of, like, the dark rides. And I was, like, this fucking rocks. This fucking rocks. I feel so good. And everyone's, like, I'm kind of freaked out. And I'm, like, oh, my my stress levels dropped so much. I fucking love this. So, um, I think those are my favorite. Those are my dream theme parks. And hopefully someday I'll be able to go to. But, honestly, I would go to even, like, a small little amusement park. I, I think, like, I really like Hershey Park. I think it's cute and fun, and I really enjoy it. And there's some kind of really cool um, roller coasters there if you're into roller coasters. But they're also just like, I like going on that goofy ass little dark ride that gives you a free piece of candy at the end. Like, <laughs> but um, my favorite ride, um, if I had to pick my favorite ride, um, I think I would probably see. There is a roller coaster in Great Adventure, and now it's called Bizarro, and they're given, like, a goofy recolor to it and shit, but back in the day, it was originally opened up as Medusa. It had a different painting, paint scheme. You know this. I remember commercials from Medusa. You remember Medusa. Medusa is just a fucking good, I mean, now it's Bizarro, but it's just a fucking good roller coaster. Like, it's still really good. Like, the elements are really good. And it's not super groundbreaking, but it's really fun. That said, also, El Toro is considered one of the best roller coasters, like, ever. And I still think it holds up. It's definitely a really, really good roller coaster. See, like, I'm, my family was not theme park. Like, or, we, we started going to theme parks. And then, like, we, my sister and I got older. And we're like, we're cool just going to museums and whatnot. But I, I absolutely love hearing people who love theme parks talk about theme parks i love them i mean they're a lot of fun and it's like again i think that um unfortunately it's it's been really tough making sense of that love during covid because i think that a lot of a lot of people running theme parks have been fucking idiots and i think that a lot of labor has been exploited and i think a lot of people are getting fucked over and that that unfortunately does make me really upset um but i do think that 
I, I've always been very interested in um, history of things that's purpose is just like fun. Yeah. So like amusement parks, theme parks, um, things like that have always really fascinated me just because like their whole entire intention is yes to make money, but to also like make people have fun. Yeah. And I think that's really fucking interesting when that's kind of the intent. Like, how are we going to make something so thrilling people want to ride it again? Yeah, I mean, like, I love, uh, you turned me on to the, sh- the YouTube series Defunct Land. Love it. And, like, I like w- listening to them talk about roller coaster design. Because, you know, for me, a layman, I'm just like, it's just a fuck. like, who cares? You just go fast and go zipping around. I'm sure, like, you know, with you, it'd be like, no, you don't understand. Like, yeah. this is what makes this fun. I'm like, I don't get it. And that's what makes it fascinating to me. Oh, I'm fucking annoying. Um, I'm like... I need at least three loops. (laughs) Yeah, no. Well, here's the thing. I actually don't love inversions all that much. I think inversions have a time and place. But, like, I'm really annoying because, like, I'll know manufacturers. So, like, I'll walk around and I'll be like, well, you know, this is a B&M. And, uh, uh, oh, you could tell this is an Intamin because you could tell by, like, the track work on it. And uh, and the arrow was the one who produced this one. (laughs) I am so here for this level of (laughs) minutia. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, like, know, like, all that type of stuff. Um... (laughs) And YouTube is a great resource for this. If you ever really want to deep dive on this shit, um, coasters are tough. I have a love-hate relationship with coaster culture because, as you could probably imagine, men have dominated it. Cis men, of specifically. Course. They're so fucking uh, uh, annoying. So, sorry, I mean, didn't mean that. Like, of course we dominated yeah, it. Like, we deserve we love to. Coasters. I'm just like, because, like, fucking, you know, men cis men feel the need to dominate everything right and like they're like well they're tough and things like that it's like no motherfucker like sometimes a coaster is just fucking fun and it's like it doesn't have to be i hate like i like i really again i'm not a huge fan of inversions but i hate when people are like i like it when there's like all of these fucking things like seven plus and i'm like that just sounds annoying after a while like i'm small in those harnesses i get rattled around too much you put me through too many inversions i don't come out in like a good condition um i like playing the game roller coaster tycoon oh yes which the original because the other ones wouldn't let you put up roller coasters that were unfinished (laughs) which i was just like well then what's the point well, Frank, if you ever really want to deep dive, a really fun thing about um, Roller Coaster Tycoon, like all the Roller Coaster Tycoons, is their like prefabricated um, roller coaster designs are based off of real roller coaster designs. Interesting. So, like, if you ever really want to like go deep, and this goes to anybody, there's there's plenty of like uh, databases and stuff that can help you figure it out. But like, there are direct um, like track beat for beat replicas of a lot of those roller coaster designs okay which is really cool um but yeah it's just like an interesting thing to kind of deep dive into i i i uh i enjoy it but i'm also somebody who also enjoys like dead malls and shit like that like (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know i get i get into that kind of stuff but again like there's so much so many resources on youtube though i feel like even with all like no matter what i end up recommending at the end of the day i really think defunct land is kind of the king of everything yeah i mean that guy's voice is also so soothing he has a good voice he has an interesting vision i like that um i like the way he edits his videos i like that they all have different aesthetics going on i i like that he's grown tremendously over the years Mm -hmm. like if you watch like an early defunct land video versus like one that just came out you, you can see the progression um 
and I think that also he, he, I think, like, a big issue that ends up happening is, like, a lot of theme park stuff, unfortunately, gets very salacious, because it, like, it's like, oh, well, who died on this one, and shit like that, and I hate that shit, because it's like, those are human lives, like, those are human lives, and a lot of the time it's because, like, a coordinator was fucking lazy or like you know someone was trying to cut corners and i don't think it's funny to talk about that well I, I, yeah that's what i liked about defunct lands yeah. I, I watched the action park episode yep and he is just very matter of fact of just like this is what happened i'm not gonna make jokes about this because yep. it's not it's just like he's like this was a tragedy like people yep. died yeah no i've i personally tweeted him like thanking him for that because it's like it's i think what makes his stuff really like interesting is the fact that like he's not trying to lean on something like a human life yeah for 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 shock or for humor or anything like that i really appreciate that it is it is more like and i think the stories are more interesting and more strange when you look at like how did this ride come to be yeah. <laughs> why did it come to be? And why didn't it work? Like why did it get taken down? Like was was it a bullshit reason? Was it like a deeply like complicated one like let's go into it yeah awesome yeah i i love it um i just want to tell one uh brief story about my theme park experience is that at one point my sister either bought or was bought a shirt at bush gardens which had the Clydesdale horses on it yes 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 (laughs) the word gentle giants underneath it yes I want that shirt. <laughs> it's been given away. But, like, my sister's friends still make fun of her for it. No! <laughs> and she's just like, she's like, years later, I'm definitely wearing that shirt. But, like, I got so much fucking fun of me for that <laughs> Gentle Giant shirt. I'm looking it up. Gentle Giant Clydesdale shirt. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> like, while Donnie looks it up and then also looks up our next um, listener question... Uh, I was I'm like, when we did go to theme parks, uh, my mom and my my mom would take, be brave and take my sister on the roller coasters. My dad and I would just be more chill and go on like the little baby rides. I remember this one train we went on, and like they never had a line because it was not interesting. I think it was at either Hershey or Bush Garden, but like my dad and I went on that a bunch of times, and I just it's just a nice memory I have my dad. Yeah, I mean, those are really... I can't find the shirt. I'm really upset about it. Um, I did find a snapback hat that looks like a shirt that I got from uh, my parents acquired at Bush Garden with uh, when they had giant pandas. Oh. In, like, the 80s. Um, anyway. Oh, but, um... Also, just another quick, um... Uh, story is my, um... We, when we went to, um, whatchamacallit, Disney, in, in my high school, um, we got stuck in, like, they, they had teen night, and they're like, like yeah. it's only open to teens, and we we're like, okay, cool, it's like 11, we're ready to go back, because we're so exhausted, and they're like, no, you're here till four in the morning, we're like, what? I, I don't want to be here for another five hours. I don't I, want to be here. Like, our, our flight's at 6.40. Like, do you not understand that's an hour of sleep? We're teens. And, Holy shit. Um, my friends and I decided, like, they two of them went on to um, Space Mountain. I stayed behind. Nearly got thrown out of the park for dancing. Um, Was it fast homosexual dancing? Wait, have I not told you this or story? Or homosexual fast dancing? Was that, was that the quote from Defunct Land? I don't know if I've heard this story. Oh, my God. 
I because I feel like I tell the story to everyone. Wait, maybe. I I got I was dancing in front of the Princess Castle dance battle. I remember the dance battle. Yes, it came back to me. Okay. Well, the thing was, we were exhausted, and we we're just like, "What's the like easiest ride?" So we went to it's a small world, and we fell asleep on that ride for two hours, because like the only thing like it like you know the song is a little incessant, but if you're tired enough, you can get through that. The only thing that kind of woke me up was the clunk yeah at the end, but like we we're exhausted and we're just sleeping there, and apparently the the ride guy just let us go around it's a few, so like, funny. for two hours. It's so funny. <laughs> like he's like, yeah. Like, we got out, and we're like, what time is it? He's like, it's two in the morning. <laughs> and we're like, oh, fuck, we should probably start heading for the entrance. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I was like, wait a minute, we got on this ride at, like, 11. He's like, yeah, you guys looked exhausted. So I just, like, keep going around. Nobody else that. came in. <laughs> I love that. It's, I, I, um, I do enjoy, and I, I have the utmost respect to, uh, to staff that work at amusement parks and theme parks because like you do have really funny interactions like that like as long as you're nice like that's what i fucking hate when people are like super entitled and shit about this because it's like if you're just nice to people people are nice back i mean it, it, that's everything like right? I, I well like, um you know like just if somebody's doing a job for you there's absolutely no reason to be shitty to them uh, you would think such simple words to live by and yet <laughs> Like, it's just, like, I, I, I have, if you want to end our date, or, like, end our, like, romantic relationship, take me out to dinner, and don't tip our waitress, or waiter. And I'm like, we're done. Like, I don't care, like, any, anything else about you. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You just showed me how, like, how you act. <laughs> but anyway, listener question. Okay, we got one more listener question. Um, and we also have something to reveal at the end. Yeah, well, I have, I have another um, question for you. Uh, okay. After three years, are there any episodes that you would want to cover again? Oh, wow, this is going to be really short. No. <laughs> I, like, it's just... I think it would be nice to do a retrospective on certain characters, because I know we kicked that around with, like, okay. Marco. Yeah. Like, well, we can do that with... We can do that with JT. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Some... <laughs> For reasons that have not yet been revealed on this show. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I think it would be interesting to do, like, retrospectives. Like, intentionally, like, going back and, like, looking at things, but looking at it through the perspective of, like, you know... We know where the arc ends. Right, right. I I think that would be interesting. Okay, well, here's here's my other thing, as I feel bad we didn't do that for Hazel. You're right. I think it was something we just didn't think to do. Because there are a couple characters who are kind of, like, in memoriam in many senses of the word. Um, and I think it would be something, I mean, that's something we can do, because, yeah. um, that's something that... This is our show, we can do what the fuck we want. <laughs> right, we can do that type of stuff. It's, it's something that, um, I thought was really interesting, and there's, uh, the book that came out that was, um, like, a retrospective on Angels in America, but, like, from the perspective, like, the productions mm-hmm. of it. And they would have these intermissions in the book, which were, like, um, roundtables in which uh people who played the same character would come together and talk about their relationship with the character and kind of like their interpretation of the character mm-hmm. so it'd be like a bunch of people who played harper talking about harper etc etc and like it would be interesting maybe to start doing some of those interludes and like talk about like these characters and maybe have other folks come in to kind of like share feelings about the character impressions about the character and stuff like that yeah but that's something we can look to because why not yeah um, I mean, I did, um, one of the planned videos before the plague, 
we, well, I planned a video before the plague is I wanted to invite um, a fair number of our guests over and like I would be making spaghetti because it's Marco's traditional dish and like you know our guests would just be in my kitchen discussing Marco while I cooked um, but like obviously the plague got in the way that I still want to do that I think we should do that when Marco leaves the show that'd be nice um, though we would have to like film a right for like certain people in the neck down if they don't want their identity revealed. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Alright, do you have anything else of our listener question? Uh, no, that's it. I mean, um, I think that we talked a little bit about episodes that like, you know, maybe I, I do, I think that there's a part of me that kind of wishes we, we could have revisited maybe. I, I kind of wish I came in with different thoughts about the Hazel episode. I think the thing that I struggle with sometimes is, like, because of the nature of this podcast, I can't just reveal everything, right? Like, you kind of have to go on the journey. And I think that there are some episodes that I feel like I would have approached differently if you had the context of the future. Um, but I acknowledge that's just the challenge of the format, right? Yeah. Like, I think that there are many episodes that just would have gone differently if it was two veterans talking about it, but also at the same time, I don't necessarily, like, I didn't want that format, right? Yeah. Like, I would have just started a podcast with somebody who has already watched it. Yeah, you would have, like, you wouldn't have gotten the joy of me coming and be like, oh my god, they shot Jimmy! Right. And every single person would be like, are you shitting me? You didn't know that. Right, like, that's the thing. It's like, it's like I, I think there's a give and take. Um, and I think that certain episodes maybe just would have been approached differently. And I think there might have been one or two episodes that just maybe the conversations would have been meatier if we were um, both people who had seen quite a bit of the series. But at the end of the day, like, that doesn't mean I want to re-record them. Yeah. Um, I do think I... What? I'm just moving. Oh, sorry. Um, I think... If I could go back in time, like, I think there's certain things I say and I'm just like... Oh, that was, like, not the best. Mm. But, like, I... But I also feel like I've, like, having my mistakes in <laughs> a recording so that I can look back and be like, oh, God, I'm so glad I've changed that. It's like right. having an old live journal right. where you can go back and be like, I put that on the internet! Yep. People saw that! Yep. <laughs> I, I feel similar, because I do think that there are quite a few moments, I think... I think, like, we've really, um, we've been trying our best to expand our understandings and, and really when it comes to, like, perspective and, like, trying to be aware of different perspectives on experience and that there's not one inherent school experience or inherent teen experience. And I think that's something we've gotten better at over time. And I feel similar where I certainly wish I could have said things with a lot more nuance in the past, but also at the same time, like, I don't mind taking the accountability of, like, you know, keeping that stuff, like, you know, holding myself accountable, keeping that stuff up, and hopefully in the later episodes seeing how I've grown and changed and making apologies when necessary. Like, I, I think that also it's just kind of what happens um, and is kind of, like, the, the exciting but also um, out of the challenge of podcasting because we're unscripted we yeah. have points we may want to talk about but at the end of the day we are unscripted um and i think that um that is a wonderful thing and, and it, it definitely leads to some really fun stuff but it does sometimes mean that like you know maybe we do have to reflect better on how we word things yeah in the future 
And like the things I think I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I was kicking myself at the time, like, or when I was back, like, oh, I should have said that better. You know, I'm like, <laughs> at the time, I was like, well, I've learned and I've grown. Right. But I also, I also realized it's not just like, it's not that bad. <laughs> you know, there's, there's no like, none of those old past episodes. It's just like, oh boy, that's gonna disqualify me for a job later. <laughs> It's it's also one of those things where I think that um I think that hopefully it's a sign to folks, maybe some folks who are younger listening to this podcast that like you can grow and change at any age. Yeah. And I think that there is this assumption that like you know once you're 30 in your 30s you've kind of like set in your ways and like you're not going to learn and you're not going to expand your understanding. And hopefully this is a sign that like you can be, you can continue to grow up and you can still have an investment in growing and still have an investment in learning and still have an investment in doing better. And also, um, if you want to do a podcast of your own or any project, whatever, don't wait till you're perfect. Seriously, don't. Just start it. Yeah. You'll get better as you go. Like, my edits are a lot better now. I was really bad at editing when this first started. Um, And I'm still learning. So, just... If you have a if you have an idea if you have something just go for it. I think that's one hundred percent true. It's like I I I see this a lot in like drag especially like and I don't think social media has helped with this but like the idea of like I must have my makeup be absolutely perfect and absolutely symmetrical and my performance must be all the way up here and I think this applies to like any type of art form and I don't think social media has helped literally any art form for this right <laughs> but. I do think that it is definitely one of those things where you have to practice. And I feel this way about makeup, too, where it's like the only way you're going to practice makeup is by throwing it on your face. And guess what? It's not always going to look good. And sometimes you're going to have to leave the house with it on. And, and or or it'll look OK now, but you'll look six months from now. and go, Oh, that looked fucking bad. And that's just how it's going to be. And and I think that, yeah, like there's not going to be a point in which you're probably going to be 100 percent ready to do something. And that's okay. And unfortunately, the best way to grow a lot of the time is by just fucking doing it and looking back on it and going, well, I can do it better now. Yeah. But, I mean, Frank had experience with podcasting prior to this. A year. Still, that's more than, that's, <laughs> but that's a year more than what I had. And it's, um, you know, it's it's something that I have had, like, public speaking experience, but it's definitely still different. But the only way you're going to be able to do it and get better at it is is having talks with somebody in a podcast format. So guess what? You just got to fucking do it. Okay. <laughs> um, if you could Salmon Cat style Degrassi and spin off two characters from it into their own show, which two characters would you want it to be? I feel like you might have asked me this before. I, I, I think we've discussed it with, okay. with Sean and Craig. So yes. I'm I'm disqualifying those two. Oh damn! Um, because like we had a whole idea where Sean and Craig move out to like a different city. Yeah. And like Craig's trying to make it as a musician, Sean's trying to make it as a mechanic. I still want that. And Sean's trying to like help Craig learn how to be deal with his bipolar disorder. Mm, this is hard because uh, like the character that I thought about is not even in the series yet, so I'm gonna not I'm gonna save that. Gotta save that. Gotta put that in a box. I mean, I already have my answer. Okay, um, two characters, you said. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see Liberty have a show. Um, 
Mostly because, like, I feel like, and I think I've said this before, I would like to see Liberty of a show because I want her to be able to have her own little universe and her own little, like, you know, group of friends and, and relationships and stuff like that. Um, and I'd probably be down to watch an Alex show. Well, the, the, the main focus is that it's two characters. Oh, okay. And so they're it's like, going to interact. So it's like good trouble. Got it. Yeah. Um, I guess I would want to see... Paige and Ellie. Interesting. Because I feel like they've had that... They butt heads a lot. Mm -hmm. And to actually see a series that actually... Gives them the space to like unpack their issues with each other and like sometimes see eye to eye and have that be like a main plot point of the times that they are able to come together and the times that they are at odds with each other. I think it would be interesting and it would hopefully course correct Ellie's kind of descent into this really like internal misogyny issue. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. Right? Right, and you know the promotional footage stuff would look so fucking good with their two aesthetics clashing. <laughs> yeah. What's your answer? Alex and Marco. Alex and Marco would be good, too. Um, like, Marco getting to live more of a life, like, you know, in you know the queer community. Mm -hmm. And then just, like, whenever anybody tries to give him shit, like... You know, like, somebody comes up and says a sword to him just from off-camera, Alex's fist just slams in the guy's face. Or better, he learns how to fight back, too. Because Alex, yeah. her, her many... Based off your fic, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that would be an interesting dynamic for the two of them, too. I would like to see that. Um, and it would also just be nice if Alex looked to somebody who seemed to, like, give a crap about them. About right. Her. It's true, though. It, it's... It, they had such a special friendship, and I really liked it, and I would love to see more of it. Yeah. So, um, also in the idea of switching places, um, the three houses of Fire Emblem. Choose one Disgrazi student to throw into each of the houses. We had this question. Did well, we had who would be the house leader. Oh. So do we want to do... I have, when did we have this question? I don't this remember. This was our last anniversary episode. Oh, no. <laughs> then we'll move on. Yep. Um, then I have an idea. Uh, make a Degrassi video game. Degrassi video game. Well, it, I think it would be a cute side-scroller type deal. <laughs> what kind of power-ups with people? What, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming each individual character is their own, like, is playable. Yeah. What spinner's power-ups? Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know. Huh. Clowns, because he seems to just love clowns. He just loves clowns. It's just like this, like pixelated picture of like a crying clown next to. Him. I would want a Degrassi visual novel. Oh yeah, Degrassi visual novel would be in cool. the Hotelful boyfriend style. What would they all be? Maple leaves. Well, Hotelful boyfriend, they're all birds. I know, but that's what I mean. Like, what kind of? <laughs> they're all just I... different leaves. Um, they're all they're all panthers, duh. Who's right there? They're all sexy panthers. <laughs> but um, they would all, yeah. Um, even just like it would be funny to see like a three houses type gameplay in the sense of like they all have like different lost items and you have to find them, and uh, you can go like they have like a fishing tournament and stuff like that. 
I had to play three houses because I I didn't know like you had to find lost items and there's a fishing tournament. Oh, pal, you yeah, you do. Oh, I mean, obviously, the obvious answer for me would be it'd be Persona like six. Oh, of course. At just having all those idiot kids face their like innermost turmoil. <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be an interesting thing. I mean, we talked in a recent episode that is not aired yet, but like we talk a little bit like stands and stuff like that, and I think any any type of thing that forces you to kind of think about like what like that kind of stuff is really fun it's like a fun thought experiment yeah um because like i mean obviously man needs to be like aphrodite yeah or venus right um oh god uh forgot that's the episode name. <laughs> oh yeah it is <laughs> um oh god man 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 he would have such a powerful persona once she's able to like please yeah um it's a funny you idea <laughs> So many funnies you could do. We really are. Like, honestly, we were born in the wrong generation. We should have been, um, we should have been on the end with our horrible AU ideas in the message boards. <laughs> we should make MEPs and somehow make Degrassi JoJo. <laughs> I mean, you can do that. I mean, we, we haven't, we have not searched, like, um, I forget what they're, I think they're called cmvs damn i forget what it is when it's live action but like we haven't really looked to see if those exist but i know they do i mean how many of them have been lost to time is going to be the big question to me my guess is that they exist but some of them never made the jump to youtube yeah but i'm sure we could find a bunch to watch yeah unless we we start we make our own I, i don't have the brain power for that I always wanted to get into making AMVs. I, my thing is, my extent of thinking about AMVs is, I hear a song, I go, that would be a good AMV, and that's, that's it. I mean, well, that's, that's kind of my issue, is fucking, like, all the, like, how many do you have to Linkin Park's dumb? Right, like, how many do you have to, like, uh... Bodies. Uh, Believer by whoever the fuck. I don't know. I don't even know if that's the little words. It's just really herky jerky, so it makes me think of like the transitions in AMVs. Um, but like my thing is just like I was just like expand, go farther. Like David Bowie has a song called "Letter to Hermione." Yeah. And while I don't want to do anything with the Harry Potter fandom anymore, no. but I'm like that's a perfect AMV Harry Potter song. Well, that's like a bigger issue that I have with like uh, we're not gonna. We should not get into this because um, music is subjective. But I feel that way a lot of the time with, like, fan mixes. How, like, a lot of people pull... It's like, yes, I, Hozier is good. But, like, it would be nice to find a playlist that doesn't have a Hozier song on it. Yeah. Once in a while. It's like... Or, like, even if it's... It's like, pick a B-side. Like, pick, pick something that maybe I don't I haven't heard before. Like, and again, this is all subjective. And we all listen to music that inspires us. And that, you know, it's okay if it's a popular thing. But sometimes like there are definitely like clusters of songs that are like the go-tos that people always have and it's like man i'm tired (laughs) yeah i'm admittedly a little snobby with music though i'm a little mean about music and i try not to be so i'm not gonna go into it yeah i don't want to be an asshole because again people people it's okay to enjoy something that's popular yeah i like chromatica um, is that is that the band with the song Old 45s? 
No, it's the latest Lady Gaga album. Oh, okay. I really like it. Um, yeah. So, I'm out of questions, so why don't we end this and watch some AMVs? Well, we got one last thing to surprise you with. Oh, right, yes. So, um, we have a new year, and we're looking at a new look, new page, um, because we have been gifted very generously with some new um, new album art, which you might have noticed when you downloaded the episode. Um, this was made generously by um, one of our friends of the podcast, Z, um, and I'm going to show Frank it, so we're going to see his uh, reaction um, to this very generous gift. Um, it's time to get rid of the title card we've had that my sister made in five minutes at work. Yeah. Here it is. Oh my god. <laughs> this is so much better. Would you like to... What, 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 how, what do you like about it? I have a feelings about it in a good way. Um, I like the fact that, well, I like seeing my name. <laughs> I'm the same asshole who's like, guys, did you see in Star Trek Beyond, the ship's called the USS Franklin? Um, but I like that it has the Degrassi seal on it, and it's a, it's much more school instead instead of just slapped together. Thank you, Susie. Slapped together. <laughs> like, very clearly, like, uh, we just need a title card now. Uh, here we go. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, it's... But it's, it also still maintains our color scheme. It does, it does. So, um, I talked a little bit with Z about it. Z, Z did a lot of the tinkering with it. Um, but yeah, it feels very much like, um, I really wanted it to invoke, like, the energy of, like, you are just walking in the hallway. And, uh, it's just hanging, it's just shit that's hanging on there. Um, but yeah, I really like it. I think it really speaks to kind of the energy of our podcast. And um, I'm really appreciative of Z for taking the time to make it. And um, Thank you, Z. Yeah, thank you so much, Z. And, and of course, thank you, everybody, for um, being with us these three years. Um, it really means a lot, whether you are somebody who um, has engaged with us in some way or you're somebody who's just quietly listening. I know that um, not everyone is, you know, really active on social media or, like, you know, constantly, like, saying things about each episode. Um, and I just want to let you know, like, you know, even if you are just silently, uh, listening and having a good time, that I really appreciate you, um, just as much as everyone who, um, has messaged us, who has been on the show, who has done everything to kind of help us out in various ways, um, or have even just kind of, like, you know, been in the same space as we watch an episode or something like that, um, we we really appreciate it and um i mean realistically we're gonna be doing this for another three years i'm pretty sure oh well i mean aren't there <laughs> aren't there seasons where there's like 52 episodes maybe so okay well that's an, that's an entire year one season will just be one year of our lives <laughs> we'll find a way to change up the format a little bit during that time but um but yeah i mean it's it's an investment. We're it's not even halfway through. <laughs> well, we hope we can make it through. Oh, but um, um, I also just want to say thank you to every one of our guests that's come yes. on the show. Yes, thank you so much to our guests. Um, it really means a lot. I don't think we can stress enough how much fun it is when we do have a guest and they do provide a different insight. Whether they're a veteran, whether they're a new person who's just kind of joining us, just because uh, because why not? Um, it's really been a blast working with each and every one of you, and, um, I'm excited to see you come back, and as well as us have new folks come on, um, to continue the conversation about the show. Yep. Uh, smaller thank you to our producers, 
there's basil juniper and dahlia i don't know where dahlia went <laughs> but um yeah and just you know thank you thank you to everybody yeah thank you so much um if you'd like to continue talking to us uh there's a couple ways you can do it you can always email us at iopod at gmail.com you can join our facebook group at i hope i can make it through podcast and you can also follow us on twitter at i hope pod uh, feel free to reach out to us with any questions, any comments. If you're interested in appearing or have any thoughts about episodes, don't hesitate to send it our way. Um, and um, if you want to support the show, the best way to do it is to write a review of some sort. Um, show your Showing your support in that way is incredible, um, and we really, really appreciate it. Um, if you want to talk to me individually, uh, my Twitter at DM is Unbreakable, and I'm also uh, on Instagram with my drag persona, Carmela Tafani. Um, and you can check out when I am doing gigs, uh, all of which digital right now, and um, posting. Sometimes I post pictures of the girls, and who can resist the girls? Yeah. Um, I have another podcast called Teen Girl Talk. Uh, we're. This is. Uh, <laughs> We're going to be finishing Shadow and Bone, the TV series, this week. And there's also going to be a fun um, extra credit episode where my sister watches a bonkers show called Cruel Summer. And then I have to guess what happens next. Ooh, I've heard it's bonkers. <laughs> Friend of the show, Demi, has been watching it and has been tweeting about it. And it sounds wild. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, you can check that out. Um, we cover all kinds of team media, not just Degrassi. Um, yeah. And with that said, everyone, we hope we can keep making it through for at least another three more years. And three I... more years. <laughs> and that you're going to be there with us. Later. Bye. Bye.